Good morning. This is The Trough for Thursday, the 23rd of February. Your daily bite-sized wrap of all the political news you need to know this morning. D-Day for Sunday penalty rates. Hanson attacks the proposed paper until leave scheme. And Ken Henry calls for changes to the GST. First, the Industrial Relations Watchdog will today hand down a long-awaited decision into the future of Sunday penalty rates for a large number of workers in Australia. The Fair Work Commission has been hearing evidence since 2015 about whether people in the retail, hospitality or fast food industries should continue to get double time for working on Sundays. Industry and business groups have lobbied for Sunday penalty rates to be reduced to time and a half, the same for Saturday, claiming it will reduce the growing pressures on businesses. That approach has also been backed up by the Productivity Commission. But it's been vehemently opposed by unions and the federal opposition. They argue we will see households put under more financial pressure. And they also point to figures yesterday showing wage growth is at record lows in Australia. The federal government says it will abide by whatever decision the Fair Work Commission hands down today. But Labor says it will draft legislation to somehow restore penalty rates if they're cut. As mentioned earlier this week, expect this debate to get messy very quickly. The decision will be handed down in Melbourne at 11 o'clock this morning. While there's been a lot of political focus on a load-shedding incident in South Australia's power grid, another power scare that didn't get as much attention was in New South Wales a few days later. And there's been a report by the Australian Energy Market Operator that says there were a number of failures from gas and coal-fired power stations, as well as issues with connections with neighbouring states that put the state at considerable risk. An aluminium smelter in Newcastle, for instance, was asked to reduce production. The AEMO has promised to investigate what happened. The Energy Minister Josh Frydenberg told the ABC that the issues affecting New South Wales were significantly different to what happened in South Australia. It comes as the Federal Opposition Leader Bill Shorten is set to reaffirm Labor's commitment to a 50% renewable energy target. He'll be using a speech to a Bloomberg conference in Sydney today, where he'll also accuse the Federal Government of waging a scare campaign that will spook investors. Quote, forget the word games. 50% renewables by 2030 is Labor's target, our goal, our objective and aspiration, call it what you like. You may remember a bit of debate last week about whether it was a goal or a promise because sometimes language does matter in issues like this. And the Climate Council will also today be releasing a report saying solar power is now more affordable than building new coal-fired power plants and that costs for solar have declined substantially over the past five years. Pauline Hanson has just made it more difficult for the federal government to get its paid parental leave changes through Parliament. She's indicated the One Nation Party won't support the childcare welfare omnibus bill at this stage, saying she thinks the PPL arrangements would be open to exploitation. Women, quote, will get themselves pregnant and the government will have the same problems as they did with the baby bonus with people just doing it for the money, unquote. Now, aside from the fact that she's offered no evidence of this happening, it's also a reversal of the party's stance in October last year where she supported the scrapping of the so-called double-dipping in the PPL. The federal government will have to press ahead with its crossbench negotiations regardless, but this budget balancing act is now more tricky than ever. The former Treasury Secretary Ken Henry, meanwhile, has repeated his calls to change the GST to help tackle the budget deficit. According to speech notes provided to the Fin Review, Dr Henry will say the base and rates of the 10% tax should be increased. He'll also advocate for the coalition's company tax cuts to be more aggressive and that budget-funded compensation for any increases in taxes is not an option. Dr Henry is set to suggest abolishing state government stamp duty 
and that businesses also need to create the case for change. Now, will any of these measures ever pass the Senate? My advice is don't get your hopes up. Another budget measure is potentially on the chopping block, unwinding the Medicare rebate freeze. The Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt yesterday indicated the government would review the freeze following a concerted campaign by doctors' groups. It could cost around $3 billion over four years if that freeze was scrapped completely. This all depends on what sort of deal can be struck between the government and the likes of the AMA. But it could be the price the coalition feels it needs to pay following the Medicare campaign waged by Labor in the last federal election. And a quick update on the capital gains tax debate. Nikki Saver in her column in The Australian this morning has taken aim at Phil Curry from the AFR, who last week said the federal government was considering changes to the capital gains tax discount. She says that idea is dead wrong. Benjamin Netanyahu, the Israeli Prime Minister, is continuing his visit of Australia today. He met with the Prime Minister last night at an event at a Sydney synagogue, and today they are set to sign an agreement for closer cooperation in the areas of research and innovation, as well as an air services deal. The Israeli PM has also hit back at former Labor leaders Bob Hawke and Kevin Rudd, who both have called for a greater recognition of the Palestinian state. Mr Rudd, in response, has accused Mr Netanyahu of, quote, torpedoing plans for peace. With Latika Burke also reminding us of a story in 2010 when the Rudd government expelled an Israeli diplomat over the use of fake Australian passports following the assassination of a Hamas operative in the Middle East. Briefly, another news today. The shadow treasurer Chris Bowen has pushed back against a renewed effort from within Labor to consider the so-called Buffett rule. Some in the Labor left say the rule, which would set a minimum taxation rate for those earning more than $300,000 a year, is needed to help tackle the budget deficit. But Mr Bowen disagrees. He said yesterday, while there are concerns about high-income earners, it's not the best way to deal with inequalities in the system. A handful of federal MPs want more control over an independent tribunal that's been set up to control their wages and those of government officials. There's a push, according to the Australian, to tackle the salaries of department chiefs, some of whom get paid more than $800,000 a year. While the pay of these chiefs pale in comparison to the private sector, Pauline Hanson, for instance, says they don't pass the pub test. Anthony Albanese is set to offer an olive branch to the federal government over the Western Sydney airport. The Shadow Transport Minister will use his speech today in Sydney to commit Labor to forming a company to build the airport if the Sydney Airport Corporation decides not to. But he'll also be pushing for a rail link to be established as soon as the airport opens. There's a good explainer from Nightcall Cozyol in the Sydney Morning Herald about the sugar dispute in North Queensland. This is the issue that George Christensen has used, among others, I have to admit, to threaten to break away from the coalition over. It's something that One Nation has also seized on, and it's also an issue the federal government is keen to resolve before it gets out of hand. In the WA election, the latest debate was held last night, and the West Australian newspaper is reporting on polling showing six marginal seats held by the Liberals are set to swing Labor's way when the state election is held next month. The paper's also reporting that senior strategists in WA say the Prime Prime Minister's visit this week was, quote, a waste of time, and he will not be returning to the state before polling day. And the Indonesian president, Joko Widodo, has confirmed that he will be in Australia later on this month. He had to cancel his trip last year after violent protests erupted in Jakarta. The Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, is in Sydney today, meeting again with his Israeli counterpart. The opposition leader, Bill Shorten, is also in Sydney for a speech at an energy conference run by Bloomberg. Foreign Minister Julie Bishop earlier today met with the US Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson. 
There's another committee hearing into migration services. There's also hearings into whistleblower protections, coal-fired power stations, the aged care sector workforce and the Perth Freightlink. The weather for today for Canberra, a warm and sunny day, chasing a top of 36 degrees. I'm Francis Keeney. Thanks again for your company. Click subscribe on iTunes if you like this podcast. You can also check us out on the website, thetrough.com.au, and I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Talk to you tomorrow.